ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. So, Osa is dressed like Mr. Rogers. Is that what we're going for? Oh, we're live. I feel like this is a fairly <laughs> nice sweater. Like my three sons, like the dad on my three sons. <laughs> 1960s Alvin and the Chipmunks. Not 1980s Alvin and the Chipmunks. What is the dad's name? Dave? I don't know. All I know is Alvin! Yeah. Hello, my name is Michael J. Flores. I'm at Phil Napoli's house, hopefully at a table that will be <laughs> Team Phil's apartment table. <laughs> Yeah, we'll draft you. <laughs> with or like test. three people. Draft. Yeah. We, don't, we don't really have friends. We're not big into that. All right, so I'm with Osip Lebedovich and Phil Napoli, who ranched the last two Grand Prix, actually. If by ranch you mean made top eight and then lost in top four and top eight, yes. Yes. We did dominate those exactly two Grand Prix. Dominated, <laughs> yeah. dominated the bejesus out of them. Yes. Yeah. Two constructed Grand Prix, two different formats, didn't matter. Just played the most boring Same stock 75 version. Same each. 75 at both tournaments. Of this most boring archetype. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, Infect's exciting. Yeah. Dwarves it's the most popular pretty, deck. Yeah. It is. But it's the it's when you don't get to playtest a lot, you don't have the opportunity to kind of play but a unique narrow deck. Phil is a master of Infect. Doesn't he know. just top eight every Grand Prix that Infect is an available strategy to That's play? That's true. It did happen more than once. <laughs> yeah. I'm not very proud if of it. Only, if, if only he could master just saying block? Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> if I he mean, could master that, yeah. he'd be unbeatable. Yeah, that, Wait, that. so you just block? No. Well, so. You don't have very many guys. We'll get to, we'll get to that. We'll get to that yeah. top four that story. Was, that was a big punt in the top eight. Yeah. Who did you lose to? Um, Corey. Corey Bur- he, he, what does he have to block? Doesn't he only no, have basically, five creatures? Basically, and... Phil has the game locked up. He yep. attacks with his creature and he pumps with a assuming yep. Corey's not going to do anything because Corey doesn't have creatures in play but Corey has flash creatures. Uh-huh. So Phil just pumped first and then Corey's like, alright, fine, I'll just play my Is It Static Aster and, and block blocked. your guy. Yeah. And then he just took over from there. So if if Phil asks if there's blockers, Phil, Phil basically just has to, to say, say block. He has to. He, he either says fine, no, yeah. and hope Phil doesn't have a pump spell. But Phil win. has that. Yeah. Phil has the world, yeah. and Phil wins. Or he just plays a static aspect yeah. chump, and then but, Phil wins next turn. I mean, yeah. When you're in those situations, sometimes you, I mean, for me, my mind goes blank on certain cards, and I wasn't reading flash. What, Phil? It, I mean, you were already qualified for the Pro Tour, thousands of dollars in I your did, virtual pocket. I did. Tur- like I was laughing through the whole Who top eight, having fun, point? but I wanted to win. The objective really did. had been met, right? Uh, no, I played. I think I was. I felt the same way in Providence. I was like. My goal was to qualify. Like, I really wanted I want to qualify. Yeah. But when you win the first round, suddenly yeah. your brain turns like, oh, I could actually win this, you know? Yeah. And then that's when it, like, in the top eight, any time I made top eight of a tournament and I lost in the first round, if I accomplished my <coughs> goal, I didn't mind that much. But if you make it to the next round, you want to win. Yeah. So I think, like, I was really upset. But I mean... You really? How could you be upset? You were qualified for the Pro Tour. Just top eight at another Grand Prix. Well, I... If people cared about Grand Prix top eights, you might be back in the conversation <laughs> for Hall of Fame. But it's not, It's about winning. Just winning the, like, just yeah. winning the tournament I mean, would have been fun. And it's a lot more money, too. And well, it's like... If you won the three way Grand I, Prix in a year, do you think that that would affect your Hall of Fame chances? Yeah, I think if I won three Grand yeah. Prix, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 
I don't think people care about Grand Prix. That's the reason. I think I think the new voters do. I think the old school pros don't, but the new voters. I feel like I might have voted for you again this year. Did I? Like first of all, people people (laughs) people have to care about Grand Prix because what's his name. Martin Jusa consistently gets more votes than me, and he he finishes like eighth or sixth in but the he's voting. But he's he's a active Pro Tour player. But he doesn't do well in the Pro Tour. Everyone he only that, does well yeah. in Grand Prix. So no, but people, he's an people active clearly... Pro Tour player, right? Like he's out there. People like think about him when they say, "Oh, Martin Jusa." But no, like but whenever, whenever they talk about him, they talk about his like twenty-one Grand Prix topics. So I think people care about Grand Prix. To a point. Like, if you have an absurd number, like, if you top eight, like, 20 or something, or you win, like, eight, I think they care. Bringing it back to Osip's point about, like, you know, when you have a goal in mind, then maybe you let your guard down. I will say both times they announced, and I made it in in top eight both times from, like, a narrow yeah. margin, the first words out of my mouth were, I'm going to win now. I, it happened both times. I couldn't stop myself from saying it. So to his point, like, but then you didn't win in either case. I think I would. Flores, let's say. I think uh, I relaxed. Yeah. If, too if, much. if you top eight yeah. in a pro tour, that's clearly a life goal. I think if yeah. you top eight a pro yeah, tour, it's absolutely. amazing. I feel like if you top eight a pro tour and then you win your first round, you're thinking about winning it that. Becomes pro tour. It real. becomes a very yeah. real thing. I mean, I, you can't avoid that. Sure. Because like, I, but so I, I think, think it just it, your perspective shifts. It's because, like, all right, you accomplish your goal, and all of a sudden, another goal is suddenly within reach. I'm just saying, I think if if you top eight a pro tour, and you're like, I have a decent chance of winning my round of eight matchup, right? You haven't. The thing is, you have a whole day yeah. or a whole night to stew over this, and they don't even money to start playing until noon. You know, depending on what your what your your schedule is, right? Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. different. If you top eight a grand prix, you've been playing for the better part of two days. You've you've got like. I don't know. It's got to be mental wear and tear. 10 hours of yeah. wear and tear on you at this point. Yeah. I just qualified for the Pro Tour again. I think that I'd be ecstatic regardless. And then if I lose, I'm just like, huh. But if I, in the, in the, <laughs> in the Pro Tour situation, look, what, what's up, were your flights the next morning? Were your flights that night? Like, I, I, well, no, we drove, for Providence, we drove. And no. then I almost moved mine. So as soon as I lost, for, I was like, okay, got to go. And just like said, do yeah, I have to so do anything? Look, that, and, think and, about how you structure your travel, even under Grand Prix. No, you're but right. a Pro Tour, if I have a whole day to think about this, I'm going to be in a completely different yeah, mental space. Yeah, yeah, I'm exhausted point. at the time at the, that yeah. I'm losing the top eight of a Grand Prix. I, I, but I'll just tell you, from my personal perspective, I, I felt the same way. I, I feel relief and satisfaction making top eight. Yeah. If I lost in the first round, I didn't feel that bad. But if I won my first round and lost in the second round, I felt worse. Right. Like I felt like all of a sudden I had it was the the trophy was within my sights because I yeah. won my first round. So. It just that that's always been my the case, you know. Because so. like and great, I top eight at Grand Prix Detroit, and my flight was like at seven, and I was gonna miss my flight if I won my first round. And I lost, and I was like, eh, I didn't care, and That's I just ran out, and I, and I went to the airport. Yep. But I'm telling you, like, if you win that first round, even though it's a Grand Prix, it's I weird. think, like, it's just your perspective changing. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying, from, I, I've never top-hated a Grand Prix, but I have done all the things that you can do that are, like, disappointing yeah. at, mm-hmm. at a smaller level. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I've lost in the finals of a PTQ, right? Mm-hmm. I've... That's tough. Like I've ninth the PT. I mean, I've ninth the national championship, right? Yep. Like, I've like done that ninth also. thing yeah. is, yeah, 
I ninth the PPT yeah. cube not that long ago, which still feels terrible. That it feels terrible yeah, when you yeah, ninth yeah. the PPT PPT cube. Because like, like, this room is so soft. I, 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 right? feel, like, I feel like let, let me think. So like, in all I think case, I've I'm done most of those things. But I didn't accomplish my goal. Yeah. That's the thing. If you top eight, if you top eight a Grand Prix, check mark done. Right. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. top eight and lose in a Pro Tour, so, check mark not done. You're like my job so, was to yeah. win this thing. You know what I top eight a Grand Prix different. The same as ninthing a PPT cube. You're like ah. What made guns me, to the head? What, that's different. What yeah. made me feel a little different this time was maybe I believed more that it wasn't as much of a fluke as the first time because I did it twice. I so was right like, after how you, much of a fluke could it be? Right if after you, you top eighted that Grand Prix the first time, you went on to top eight the World Magic Cup qualifier. Yeah, like the, the, the next, next weekend. Yeah. It couldn't that's have true. felt like a fluke. No, it, but sometimes, you know. I'll tell you what you're you always doubtful. Only ever play these. Aggressive, aggressive tempo, tempo, code tempo decks yeah. and no other kind of deck. That's what you should do. <laughs> when you're outside of the aggressive tempo deck range is when you don't top eight these big events. So I think just that's, that's your a good zone. lesson learned. It's like that's Tom Martell's lesson. He's just like, if you don't have enough time to play test, yeah. just do the things where you have replicable amount of skill. Yep. Figure yeah. out the details of your deck on the way, but like you know when to attack. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's like, why that's why we play doors and providence, because yeah. we're like, all right, it plays a lot of powerful cards. It's, it's a pretty linear strategy. Yep. We can't, we probably can't screw. Like, I had not played the deck until the morning. Really? Like, my first time oh, I played know, the deck was yeah. the morning. I, I found the deck to be so inconsistent. Oh, I loved it. Oh, it's, I mean, Squawk, yeah. uh, Smuggler's Copter is yeah. the new Fairy Godmother. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> makes things a lot more consistent when you go turn to Smuggler's Copter. Yeah, the, the deck was atrocious in every game you didn't have a Smuggler's Copter. Mm. It's just like unplayable. You have all these, like, Literal like one one for one no abilities like that's your whole like, like, uh, I, mean, I, don't I don't know I feel like try and get my guy killed for free. <laughs> Deepal is really good. Like Deepal is good. Yeah. Planeswalkers can randomly win you games. Like there's just it plays a lot of power. Well, I guess cards. you played some Gideons right? Like the I in guess, the board. Yeah, in the and board. I played. Fleetwood the Cruiser was that guy's, a beast. That guy's for me. sweet. Yeah. That card won me so many games. I beat Ari Locks out of nowhere. He just did not see it coming. Yeah. Game one. He doesn't know you have a haste creature. He didn't know. He was just he, he. Well, I don't think there's much he could have done, but he definitely thought he was winning that game yeah. for sure. And then it was like, oh, oh, that's I mean, right. He played like okay. the five cast and tossed Sarkin in the last pro tour I played in, so he he knows that there's expensive cards that might have haste. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they exist. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I think I thought that card was impressive, but you can't play too many. But so let me ask you this though, because we're I played we, I played that deck a lot. The three of us are not typical Magic players in that we all have full time jobs. Yet we try to qualify for the Pro Third. We try yeah. to do well. How often would you say you actually get a chance to play test? Because when when I say we don't play test, I'm not like Paul Reitzel where I say I don't really play test, but in reality I play Moto like nonstop. We legit do not get a chance to play Magic. Right and now. Paul, in fairness, we do love you if you're listening to this, but we talk about this constantly. Man. Yeah, so, like so we literally so don't you play get Magic. A, you get a chance it's, to actually I, play I, I, Magic. I think I go through phases. When I think I was, you play Moto. When yeah. I was qualified for the RPTQ last year, or whatever, what years? Maybe I don't know. Over a year ago now, I don't know. Um, I played a lot uh, for the weeks leading up to the RPTQ. But I, had, I I honestly feel like I had never felt so prepared for a tournament in my life as that tournament. And then when I lost in the first round, you were, getting on my car, I was like yeah. emotionally crushed. Yeah. And then like, yes. and then I was just like, I literally flew to another state to play a five color mono blue dragons deck and I'm gonna look like an idiot. And then I just put it together. I'm like, I'm, this is the most prepared I've ever been for a tournament. Win, right. I'm gonna that, win. That is like I. That's, that's rough to get over because when I was I, on the yeah. pro tour, 
I knew that if I prepared, I'd have a really good shot of doing well. But again, there's variance. So sometimes you'll have a bad tournament and you have to chalk it up to variance and move on. I was able to get over those losses easier because I was in the Pro Tour. So yeah. there's going to be another Pro Tour to play in soon right. or another chance for me to redeem myself. We don't get we that don't as, get as so, many. We don't get as many uh, chances anymore. So when you do prepare and you yeah. don't have a good tournament or you randomly get variance out of it, it hurts you so, so much I, I more. Just respectfully, I don't think I agree with you. Like I don't. I, I bet you guys play more than I do on like a. I mean, I don't. I play on Fridays now. Some I. When I was a serious Magic player, I didn't play ever. I didn't play a single FNM before I was qualified for Pro Tour Vancouver last year. Mm -hmm. And then, like, it's fun though. I actually like it. I, I love no, playing. Don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love playing. Phil yeah. loves playing. It's just it's so hard to find time to play test the way you would need to play so, test to reliably do well consistently at tournaments. So like, it's just hard. I you, you have to put in hours. My own experience from the last like let's say year and a half. When they instituted the PPTQ system, uh, it's only been around for like a year. I this is like it. great for us. Are you kidding? I if I wanted to qualify for every pro tour, I think I would. That's actually the you just put the effort in. I, I have I have different feelings I, about that. I have twenty shots. I don't I don't know if that's no, no, true. No 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 hold on, hold on. So you do have twenty shots to grab the first win. Yeah. To get to the qualifier. And now my main point, the first time I played in an RPTQ. Yep. As soft as it was, and I told Osip this when it happened, I had never felt more nervous in my life, and I had played in six Pro Tours at that point. Just the pressure of it being the one shot, Yeah, it got to me immediately. And that's kind of what happened at this Grand Prix too, because I felt prepared. I was playing a deck that I knew how to play. And when I got my first loss, I texted Osip and my brother. I went on tilt. I haven't really experienced tilt in a very long yeah. time. And I could not get over the fact that I felt that I miscyborded in the mirror. It stayed with me infinite until they talked me off a ledge. And then from that point forward, I was fine. I, I was like, I'm going to win. I had a horrendous experience last week, actually. So I've made, after the Pro Tour, the most recent Pro Tour that, um, you know, showed up who apparently yeah. is very good at magic now so <laughs> he gets into the hall of fame and now has a hall of fame dubs him and pinko are really uh, lsv too those are the only three that's really ever done that but the so he just saw him like oh i think people play control decks and i so i was like uh, i'm just gonna go try to play in a pptq or whatever right. so i just bought one deck because so i still at this present I, I probably i'm like three spell colors away from maybe making blue white because i just owned gideon's from before or whatever but like <laughs> i own that. one deck right so I made blue-red because I was just like, I kind of like the look of this deck. It's a kind of deck that people, nobody else would like this kind of deck, but it obviously destroys the decks that were in the finals, right? Yeah. So I was just like, I'll play this. So I did poorly in a PPTQ, which was so remote. Like, I, was, I went so far to go there. Call it Utah. Like, and it was like, a, it was this, this room that we're in, this is a very nice apartment, by the way, Phil. Thank you. It's weird, you're, you live alone. Yeah. It's just... When I've never lived alone, but if I did, there would be garbage. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. No. Um, so, and I didn't really, it's like, oh, this is the worst day. I was like, having a terrible day. Like, I, I didn't win this PPTQ, whatever, but that's the only deck I own. So then I played in a, a bunch of FNMs, right? A couple FNMs. And then coming off of the last season, I love the Blue Green Crush deck. 
I never lost. I lost in the top eight of an invitational qualifier in a matchup that I always won. I was like really kicking myself. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, sometimes you don't get there, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's weird to say like I stopped on six, but you can't like against like a you know another ramp deck. Yeah. That's actually really bad. And yeah. like my anticipate didn't get me land, and I was just like, or a ramp spell, and like this is just the worst. <laughs> so I lost and whatever. Hey. So, but then last week I went three and one on F and M, and I came in fifth. Fifth on a three and one and FNM. I mean, the FNMs are always packed where I play, whatever. But I was livid. <laughs> like, I was so angry. Like, I was like, meanly texting my poor wife. I was so angry. I was just like, I three and one to FNM. What is wrong with me? Right? Like, <laughs> like, I am I so, like, mentally entitled that I always I can, win FNM? I, like, I yeah. cannot like, believe you texted your sweet I wife was, your sweet, sweet about 3 one in FNM. I think it was 3 one in FNM, and I didn't get the foil, and I came oh in fifth. The tilt. Just, like, oh, this makes well, like, no I have, sense. I have a question. I have a question. I'm like, what is your wife sense. doing during these FNMs? <laughs> What? Like, wh- while you're out playing in FNM, what is your wife doing? Probably writing for Fetchland. Oh, really? Just she's know. at home watching the kids? We, like, uh, yeah, like, we just do different circles, right? So mm-hmm. if I go out, then she, or, like, um, our kids are a little old enough that they can that, kind of, like, yeah, take care you're, of themselves You're now. lucky that your kids are, yeah, like, they, so. they probably don't even want to hang out with you. Sometimes no. they're like, I got, we're, we got group I mean, honestly, for, for, for no particular reason, I didn't go to movie club last night because I was way too depressed. And I was just mm-hmm. like, hey, kids. Can I just come home and like snuggle with both you and like we could read comics for a few hours? They're like, yeah, and we just like read a lot of issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, that's like, so cute. Because yeah. I was like real depressed and I went to sleep at like 9.30 so, last night. So, so, so <laughs> but for no reason. Yep. I'm not saying a reason why, no, I, but I was just I like. I was the same way. I yeah. just didn't. I couldn't, I, I couldn't even hang out with my friends, like, like nothing. So, so anyway. Um. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So what's my? She was like, she was probably writing or okay. whatever. Or like it's a Friday, like maybe like one of us will go to movies. Because like go to your point about the PPTQs, I I understand the system and I'm I'm fine with it. It makes sense. You're supporting local stores. You're building them up. But it's like I I hate when people say, oh, it should be easier for it's you because it's not. Because like there was one season where both RPTQs just happened to fall on the weekends where you were I married. was away or yeah I'm going away I'm doing <laughs> yeah. something so suddenly I just had to sit out an entire PTQ season like I just couldn't play an entire season because I knew my chance to RPTQ was not there and that's the well, only no, one if I'm going to put if I'm going to put my effort into but that's, that's my whole point and it, right? makes, it, it makes sense for teenagers like we're not the target demo like no, kids that are between like 15 and 23 their schedules are a lot freer than adults like they get they don't have to worry about having to go to a friend's wedding in three months well, or no, something, no, no, no. You know? ca- i caveated it though right like i certainly don't play but i played in one this cal- i think i played three total this calendar year yeah, yeah. okay so if i but I, what i'm saying is if i really cared about qualifying for all these pro tours it's not that hard for me to make it's not even a long tournament you can win one and be home in time for the walking dead yeah okay? like no, that's I- I, I, a, I agree. I, 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 I do like the system. I've been frustrated by it by times just because of my inability if you to walk attend into a as many as I love. person but, tournament and you don't make top eight, like, that doesn't feel too but good you at your level. you can't just top eight. You gotta win. See, I yeah. also... You gotta I, win it. I don't know. I'm, like, very, very realistic with individual tournament variants because even one... When I won an RPTQ two, two weekends ago, I went on Saturday to play. Yeah. I was bored. I O2'd. And then I went the next day, and I nine owed. But that's about you. No, that's just about. You're bored. I, I, 
I didn't change. My mm -hmm. play style didn't change. My my deck didn't Can change. Can I ask you what you ate in both days? A delicious, you nutritious think that impacted whether breakfast. Or not I actually think it does. I was like studying my own tournament performance, and so one of the things that I did differently in the tournament I didn't do well versus how I structure my how I eat most weeks, mm -hmm. which includes all Fridays almost. So it's like it just actually right. uh, changed this. Like I was just thinking about like what I ate and like mm -hmm. if I had had sugar or like I'm like uh, stuff like that and. I actually, I am so slavish on this right now. I think I'm gonna eat super clean for three days before the RPTQ and not vary for really? any reason. And I, I'm actually planning, because I'm going to Dublin, dude. There's like, I'm yeah. just not out of my so mind. We, want you okay. there. we really need you and cool I'm actually planning like what things I can carry on a plane, right? That will pass through, because I, you know, whatever, you can't take liquids, whatever, yeah. security. Seeds. Like that, I, so, so that I can always have like, I can constantly work on my nutrition mm -hmm. and eat during during the tournament and like all this kind of stuff. Like uh, because I actually think that at at least at this point in my life, that's probably an important lever to me. Right? Yeah, mental, so, that's fair. Mental like, acuity is linked yeah. to yeah, yeah, not plenty anymore. Yeah. And yeah, like I agree. And I I remember even a few. Like, I was like seriously PTQing. I think like maybe in two thousand and eight, something like this. I played like one or two seasons. I played. A bunch like five mm -hmm. five of them and every single week that i didn't make top eight i lost the winning in like four times or something I'm like what's wrong with me i keep losing like what's how come i can crush these guys in all these rounds but as soon as it gets to the win win and i kind of figured out at some point i was like i think i'm just tired mm -hmm. and you know i was in my mid-30s at the time <laughs> i just don't have the yeah. i don't have it so which has actually changed my philosophy it's, and I, at some point, I was just like, well, maybe I should always play beatdown decks because that requires the least mental energy. But I think now it's just like, just play simple decks, yeah. whether it's beatdown or not. Like, you can play a control deck if, like, your only question is you're going to kill all the creatures or not. Yeah, I think, I, I think people overstate how complicated control decks can be. I mean, some of them are very complicated, and some of them, are, like you said, are pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's, like, it's not about whether it's control or beatdown. It's, it's about how many decisions you have to make during a given turn. Plus, and and what your ultimate victory condition is over the last over the last couple of years, controls definitely gotten worse, right? No, just, it's just that finals is, both I, sides of the pro tour. Yeah, but well, it depends what you think control is. I mean, I would classify both of those as control. Decks. What about mono black rats? Is that a control deck? I think that's a. What's mono black rats? The deck Owen always played. No. I think it's more like walkers. That's a control. Oh, that's a control. That's a control deck. Yeah. It's one of the best decks last season. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I think control's been up and down. I mean, sometimes it's the best, sometimes it's not. Counter spells are garbage. Yeah, counter spells. Or, maybe, I, that's blue what I, maybe that's blue what I meant to blue say. Blue-based blue control, yeah, I think, control. has yeah. taken a hit. Um, I thought it was good at the last Pro Tour. I, but not I don't think it was the best deck. I think like you don't really see a ton of people playing those decks no. anymore, you know. Well, I think it it disproportionately performed because Aetherworks Marvel was so yeah, exactly. Pro Tour. It's 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 one of those things where you know I used to always say you. I mean, he's different now, but I used to always say you never play a Sam deck, play black deck, after the Pro Tour because Sam always played decks that were just perfect for those specific metagames, yeah. and then you would never be able to win with him ever again. He's changed now. He plays a lot more like. Different, he plays a lot of different decks, but it's like, what's good, people look at the Pro Tour 
and they're like, oh, well, this deck's going to be great because it made top eight or something. But in reality, it's just a, sometimes the Pro Tour metagame is so skewed like it was the last I actually one. think Blue Red Energy is a fine deck to play. Like, I think it's like hyper competitive with a lot of different kinds of decks. And it demolishes people who are not in the center, right? Like yeah. Marvel, Jeskai Control, Grixis Control cannot compete with you. Yeah. So, but uh, it's like fine. Like, you know, most of my losses are just to like... Blue white though, which is the most common deck, but maybe that maybe your losses are supposed to be most commonly to the most common deck. Mm -hmm. Right? I don't know. I mean, blue white had the best win percentage I think at the Pro Tour, but only mm -hmm. one made top eight, okay. and then I think everyone caught on that caught up. What's that a is. great deck? Chapin told me he thinks it is very good. seriously want to play PPTQs this season. Let's just play blue white because I'll play it at a high level, and it's the best deck with edge. If you think you're the best, if, if you're going to play an archetype deck, it has the most edge against a random room of people. You should play black green if you think the people are as good or better than you. Mm -hmm. And then you should play blue white if you think you're better than everybody else. And that was kind of the way mm. he was thinking. That makes sense. Yeah. I could see that. Um, it's weird that why would you just always play black green then? Is there too much variance? Well, the problem is if if you're playing against Mar like any amount of Marvel decks, you're on like what if you had to play Marvel in the top four with black green? You're yeah, unlikely to win. That's fair. Like you better be on the play. And, you I know, mean, that was my fear about Red White, is that I was just like, I don't think I could be Marvel, but maybe it's just so terrible that nobody will play. you're fast, you get, like, yeah, you yeah, get yeah, the yeah. right you have draw, speed, you them in. But you still can't, if, if you can't turn three them, so if they're on no. the play on turn four, they could just win. It's just, but I, I think Marvel's just a horrible um, deck. Like, Marvel's just, probably just unplayable. Because that's what Ben Stark said. Ben Stark's like, it's just this deck's not playable. I mean... There's all different kinds of Marvel decks. I, I tried the Vant version of Marvel. I thought mm. it was pretty impressive, actually. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Do, have you seen it? Has a Descent it's, Upon I think table? Chapin wrote an article about it, right? I don't. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't really it, talk it's to him more, very it's, often. It, it, doesn't try, <laughs> it doesn't try to combo off, right? It's more controlling. It has, it, can. Like, it has spell queller. Yeah, yeah. But it's not as all-in as the one that top well, that. It's, uh, it's different. Right? So it has some Emrakuls and some Ulamogs, but not 4-4. Four and four. But sometimes it'll just hit and descend upon the simple, which could clear the board and then also leaves you a 4-4. Four four, so that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, it's like... But at the same time, it can defend itself with a spell queller instead of just getting ranched by somebody. Yeah. No, I saw that list. I Yeah, that was interesting. Um, I didn't know if you could beat aggro as consistently though as the as the other traditional marvel yes yeah, uh i was talking to john last week and he was told me he likes red version of marvel like, people don't really play red he says he has a, I mean, in addition to coastal x returns obviously highly played because you have so many eldrazi titans mm -hmm. he thought that cathartic reunion was like the best card and he can't believe people don't play it yeah, that card's really good. It's really, it's really good in modern. I don't think it's gonna be around very long. That card's really good. I don't know. I honestly don't know why they made it. This card two draw three. I watched like I just so, don't get it for two mana. I watched so many dredge players literally mulligan to four and went on second turn. So practically, the thing is that the black red zombies deck in standard is, it is great. so impressive, dude. At the RPTQ I played and I played it the last three rounds. There yeah. was a team there. Pretty good guys. Was Ashok playing it? Uh, he had won the previous day's PTQ that yeah. I owe to playing it. The next day there were three guys that play on the SCG tour um, quite a bit. And, you know, all three of them made top eight. I think that deck's outstanding. I, yeah. Me too. It felt like the axis it was fighting on was the, very different. The problem than, is if people just play legitimate Magic Gathering cards against you, you can't win. That's the... <laughs> it's like everyone's a little bit off-center. Like, you're like, oh, like if you play like Blue-Red Energy like I've been playing, you can never win. Mm. If you were just playing, yeah, like but it's, 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 it's a tier one deck, though. I like it because 
It's basically kind of like modern dredge, but fair. Like it's yeah. a fair version of dredge. It doesn't feel fair where they have the value engine going it's in the true. mid game. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. like Ashok told me about this, like the round he won, he wins the finals against Black Green, and his opponent has Kaleidonis in his deck, and he just kills him before like it even matters. And, and I, he's like, I mulligan to six. Like my hand bleh, doesn't even look good. My opponent does like you know Sylvan Advocate this this, and I'm like, all right. And then I was just like, Thardic Reunion. Bring back my haunted dead flash like toss fiery temper kill your two three buy two bodies go and he's like Kalidus we're like all right I got like eight, ten power play yeah. like swing with everything lightning axe like <laughs> just no yeah. shot and yeah it's it's so impressive but the problem is I think if you're just playing like regular good Magic the Gathering cards against it like Gideon's and Verdurus Gear Hulks and stuff like that they're just like oh. Well, that's far bigger than anything in my deck. I don't know. Yeah, and it has trample. Gearhulk's really good against that deck. I don't know. I don't know if that card is very good. Not the Gearhulk. It's good against that deck. You don't like Verder's Gearhulk? I, in theory, yes. I don't see it performing very well in any top tier deck. It's getting black green. I think it was a fluke. Yeah, but the black green deck devolved from that into a grind deck. Yeah, like if you when I when I saw Efro's deck, I was like, oh, I guess this is what green. It seemed like an interesting strategy, and I was like, oh, okay, this is what green black is going to look like. And then you look at Providence in the top eight of Grand, the the finals were two green black decks that looked nothing like that. They were like the traditional control. The thing about the green black deck from the Pro Tour versus the Grand Prix, though, is if you look at the axis that Efro's decided to fight on, Mm -hmm. look at the decks that were the most popular. And the most successful, right? Which is either the most popular being Aetherworks Marvel. But he had a bad matchup against Marvel. I agree. Let me finish. And the decks the most successful, which was the Jeskai deck and the Grixis deck in the finals, right? Mm-hmm. All those things, all those decks have something in common, which is that they don't have very many creatures, or they at least don't have very many creatures that you care about. That's true. So Efro's deck is optimized for a tournament where those things might be true because he doesn't have very much creature removal. Mm-hmm. So he has pump spells, inverters, gear hulks, and stuff. So. Right. He, he retains like it's like I'm drinking an Americano he is an Americano like it has like the character of an espresso but it has a different you know different amount yeah, of water yeah no I, I, I definitely I liked his deck when I saw it I was just surprised that more people weren't playing it after but the, the last there. standard Grand Prix had one of Efro's decks at the top and I'm gonna be oh, honest right. I actually think that is the fault with the control decks in the current standard format because if you just keep your removal in they don't have that many ways to win. So you could feel like they have a hand of five cards, they flash a gear hulk, yeah, they draw, but if it's the third one, you stasis snare it, what are they going to draw into? So, and you sit there, and then you eventually grind them out with the pollock. Here's some things I thought were interesting. Playing blue-red energy a bunch, I actually think the card, the, what's it, the Dynamo Tower? That card's great. I find it to be super unimpressive. Like if it's that. going really hard, like you feel like you can't lose, but like you're like, oh, should I use my energy? There are like a lot of question marks to it. But the sideboarded games when you have Thing in the Ice and, and that, and that in flyer your guy, yeah, I mean you're like unbeatable. That won him every game at the Pro Tour, like Pierre. And like, the thing just is, watched them play. Yeah. I can't. I don't know what. How come at this point the opponents just don't like side in more creature removal or like because the, the reason is that I guess let's make a gentleman's agreement. I'm a creatureless deck except for one for except for one Gearhulk, right? You're like oh, I'll take all my creature removal. Yeah. But my deck is unplayable when it doesn't have these busted anti creature creatures in it, yeah. right? So like if you're just <laughs> Leave yeah. in your your grasp of darkness. <laughs> you just kill my guy. Yeah, but you just destroy everyone with these creature anti creature creatures. You ever try to play like blue white against an active Niblis? GL with that. <laughs> you have no <laughs> plays. Like, 
I mean, you can say the same thing about Dynamite Tower against Blue White. No, you just run out of... It only does three. The Nibbles will lock down, like, four... However many Avacins you want to play, that's how many to lock down this the, turn. The world of yeah. Like, And it kills you in, like, three swings. It's so fast. Like, you can't block it. It flies. It taps things down. It's pretty and, like, good. If you're a non-red deck, you actually have to win in the red zone. Just pick which creature I'm going to attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? No, I agree. I mean, that card seems really good. I, I don't know. That deck just... It seems underpowered to me, though, compared to some of the other decks. In the it's format. it's relative. It's if you're playing against Jeskai or or, or Grixis, there's no deck that feels more powerful, right? <laughs> you you basically win on the third turn if you like if you cast Nine of Old Tower or Fever Visions on the third turn, yeah. like because their threats cost six yeah. and yours cost three. Yeah. Grixis opponent I had last week played a Fever Visions on the third turn, and then I'm like, you're crazy, and I'm like, he's like, no, it's gonna damage you. Like then I played a Fever Visions, I'm like. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> I'll take two. Let's see how many you take over the course of the game. You can't get cards out of his hand. And you're just tossing fiery temper at him. I don't have that card in my deck. Put your grasp of darkness in. Yeah. It's like you can't get rid of him fast enough. Okay. Too late. So when is your RPTQ? Uh, in the first or second week of December. And that is modern, right? Yeah. Is Pakula going to Utah? He went last time. Oh, I don't know you? if you guys should go to the same one. Why? Because it worked gonna, out you great could, for me. <laughs> you did knock each other out. That's not going to happen. It could happen it? in any tournament. Yeah. yeah I, not I, if you're in the same tournament. Not if you go to different tournaments. Like, you go to Utah, and he has to go to, like, Alaska or something. So we split it up before. He has more free a bunch, time. Some of us yeah. went to a bunch. I mean, I went to Utah. Some people went to, I want to say New Mexico. Which is even smaller. It was, like, 37 people. Oh, really? Mine was at least six rounds. I'm getting very excited about my next RPTQ. I don't think you're going to buy a flight. I'm going on a trip. Yeah, I'm going to get that new credit What's card that? where I get $1,500 in free flights. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't gotten that one yet. Like, I, I, call, I got it. It's awesome. I have, yeah, but I have this one already. I have the old one. Mike's whipping it out. Oh, the Sapphire? Yeah. That's what I have, man. So you, you know what? The new one, you get yours out. Yours is heavier than mine. Yeah, mine is, it is so is, heavy. This is heavy. Oh, God. Dude, that one's heavier. We did it at dinner one night. I can't believe that's the feel this. Feel this. I can't believe that's the metric of credit card what? strength now is like it's weight it? wow. yeah so, it's so thick i have this one and so yours is so much better yeah but like mine <laughs> this feels like a scene out of american psycho where we're just like you're breaking out the breaking out the business card yeah, yeah. but um yeah so why why shouldn't he you know that be it was actually no no i agree he should go i just know him and i know he's lazy and he's do not you think it's vulgar to do here's the thing if I just go to New Jersey, right, which is my supposedly my local one, right? I, I'm, I'm the kind of per- I, I took a hotel to play in Grand Prix Secaucus this year because I don't want to deal with traveling in the morning. Listen, well, you're, you're a city dweller. You're a northeast liberal elite. Own it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You're North a northeast liberal, liberal elite drinking your latte while while we're doing a this, podcast. This is an Americano. You could go wherever. You could do whatever you want. No one's going to judge you. You don't need to apologize. No, no. Just I'm, because this is Trump's America, you should not change I'm from your saying, liberal elite ways. I'm just saying, <laughs> I would, it, it's not that it's so much more expensive, right? I have, like, multiple people who are like, oh, you can, you yeah. know, stay with me out here. We'd love to have you. It's fun to play Magic or whatever. Right. So it's like, it, but, like, it's not that, like, so much cheaper because, like, I'm not, what am I going to do? Like, get up at five in the morning and ruin my Magic like, day? That's like there, literally there, ruins my day. There, there have, to, there have to be anyway? some. There yeah, have yeah. to be some benefits to to getting older. 
okay? Like, oh, yeah. we're not nearly as sharp as we were in our early 20s, but one benefit is we have more access to capital, so we should use <laughs> it, okay? We don't have to split a hotel room with six kids anymore, no. all right? We have money, just use it, who cares? Like, there, ha there have to be some benefits to being cool an old is, magic player. Right, like, this is cool for people to hear because they don't, you know, we're rare. They don't know what it's like to be AJ. Well, at least Chris isn't on this. On, and on your what are you guys out. even talking about? Chris, yeah, Chris. I, I would get, Chris is the Chris is the <laughs> ultimate echelon where it's like, I'm just gonna take years off from work and just play magic and travel the world with my family. It's like that's a different level. Yeah. We're just typical old, old. old magic players. Does he at least play every weekend to try to get out of the pro tour? I feel like Chris has been I mean, he's in Rotterdam, he's in Rotterdam now. He's I mean, and he work. has to play. If not every weekend, I would say every other weekend. So you guys are going to play Team Grand we would love to. I, I mean, I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think if I was Chris, I would play with John and Jamie. <laughs> that, yeah, like he might just play with John and Jamie. I'm pretty good at tea. I would play. With Are him. you? It's in San Antonio. Though. I never lose. I'm still not 100 percent on going to San Antonio just because it's in San Antonio. I'm 100 percent on playing. In fact, whichever team I play on. Is it modern? I don't. It, it is. is. It's, it's Are you honestly passing up a chance to have him on Infect and me on Burn in a tournament? But, you have access and you to play every other card. card. Oh wow! I, <laughs> so I, I get to play a deck without Lightning Bolt or Breeding Pool or Detaxing uh, Pro. Okay, let me start in listing modern. some cards for you. Uh, here he goes. Arcbound Ravager. Are you in? Oh God! I'm gonna have to be. It's already player. over, man. Wait, no, no, no! Ink Moth Nexus. I knew. That. I was thinking about I that already. That. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. about that. You can't play it in any fact. That's my guy. Player in the same yeah. team. That's the problem. It's real. Like once you like, I thought about this for like maybe ten minutes. Once you start, <laughs> so I didn't put a lot of thought into it. But what unified modern's hard. There, yeah. It's really hard to find three good hard. decks that don't share cards. It's not hard. I, I mean, I'm sure I, you. I'm sure we'll figure it out. It's but, not hard because it's not hard because. Let's say just I, I would. Just I mean, now that we know there's a spread red deck, and so I guess it's a little easier. <laughs> I would Snow literally, I would literally be like, but even that has lightning bolt. If another deck, let's say, let's say for we determine that Grixis Control is a deck we wanted to have on our team, I would give up lightning bolt out of my burn deck to let you have to have lightning bolt because I can no, accommodate no. it. Some you, other your way. deck is suddenly unplayable. No, I, I can. I am not letting you play a burn deck without lightning shock. bolt. That you see, you see <laughs> not on our team. You can't. Yes, that's happening. We're here to win. You're good. Basically, it has to be. Do you need Ink Moth Nexus? That's a hundred percent. I think what it has to be. When you won that Grand Prix, you didn't have any Ink Moth Nexus. No, but the, no. the deck today. I think you need Ink Moth Nexus. You get like fifteen. How many? I mean, maybe. Okay, you I can rattle some other cards off for you. Okay, Icar Clormier. <laughs> I mean, Reality might... Smasher. Oh, you could play Bantel's Rise. Noble Hierarch. I need that. I'm the infect player here. In so this story. I listen. <laughs> I think the three scenarios I thought of were burn, infect, boggles. Boggles oh. is a deck that you could possibly play without a lot of. Yeah, I mean, we rather have. What about your a dignity? restoration angel deck than a boggles deck on our team? Yeah, play I feel like I the restoration well, restoration deck does, doesn't need double yeah. hierarch. Is the problem? Yeah. Okay. Elves. What about blue Elves spirits? That deck is a thing. What? Drogskull Captain? Are we talking about Stance Captain? Like I am not... You guys are giving me Drogskull Captains? Get Listen, out of here. You have, the most, you have the most skill. You guys are going deep into tank. Can you not imagine... No, I'm sick You of... untap with the Geist of St. Trafton no, play, don't and then you apply... You're... You apply... Pressure. <laughs> You're not selling me a drug skull captain in modern. A steal of the you... Godhead to it? There's zero chance I would ever play a deck <laughs> Zero? 
of the Godhead. There's no chance. You know how much damage it? I can't even count that high. You're an accountant, maybe you. There's no chance you're selling me on a deck. That deck sounds terrible. Just won the SCG open. What? Well, Did it? come on, that's not saying. They collect a company. That's not saying oh, much. Wow. You collect a company, yeah. you could get like rattle chains and spell queller. Just so many instant speed counterspell dudes in that deck. Rattle chains, spell queller. Collect a company for rattle chains or spell queller. What <laughs> to twelve? You could probably flip up. Although I have to say, that way. Burn, burn might be a bad deck to play in Year Five Modern because Why? I feel like they can't have three decks that are good against no, burn. No, but I feel like I feel like because the strategies are going to be so strange, you're gonna you might have to play against decks that are like. Oh, three you're, bad you're having to play against our mono white, <laughs> mono rune white halo deck. deck. Plays, like all the life gains. I've got him. Are you kidding? Because there is mono I white life gain. Got him. That could be a deck. In the Let three. me ask you a question. Yeah. Are you so are you so arrogant at, about yes. this unified modern thing that yes. you will not deign to play the card Golgari Grave Troll? Because I don't see any conflicts oh, there. Judge. Cathartic would be banned by yeah, that. Yeah, by that. Yeah. <laughs> well, It'd probably still be true. good. Like, Dredge? Hold on, let me think. Dredge I guess Dredge, yeah. I'm not losing a match, Osip. I'm telling you right now. Well, I'm going to... Dredge, Bird, and Infect, I guess you could play all three, technically. And that's what... Wow, so we were a team that was... And good sideboard cards. Yeah. Didn't you play Dredge? You were the one that had the Icarid deck and then punted it for a state. Yeah. Right, good, thing I like played, good thing I played the best deck ever Philly's not going to lose, tournament. dude. Yeah, I'm off that. I, don't, I only save it for the top eight. Yeah. If you say that Block. in the top eight, it's fine with me. <laughs> Block. Yeah. The the best was the best was he 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 got interviewed like two rounds before yeah, the that. top eight, and one of his quotes was, "I just I don't I make mistakes and then I learn from them." So now you learn. You just you say block. I did. This is just practice. Block. Every morning, I, every morning I want you to wake up and I want you to practice block. saying block. All right. Is block? it okay if I just play my like red red deck? Spread <laughs> red. Well, you need lightning bolt. Oh, so instead of your burn. Instead burning. of the burn deck, I'm gonna play one of those two decks in Utah. I could see myself playing Scred Red. I love Scred Well, the funny thing about the Scred Red deck is, like, he played against some Jeskai deck. I watched that top eight. I watched one game. That's okay to beat. The Jeskai guy punted, like, for some reason. Well, he beat he, the Grixis guy in the finals 2-0. But the Jeskai, the, well, Greg, I think Grixis is unplayable. But, like, regardless, the <laughs> the Jeskai guy, uh, the Scred Red player, lightning bolts him at the end of his turn. Okay. The, the, the Jeskai guy has... A bunch of mana in play, Dispel, mm-hmm. um, Sphinx's Revelation, <laughs> and um, a, a, another another really good card. And he decides to just cast Sphinx's Revelation in response to Tapping the bolt, but going pretty low, going to like two afterwards because the bolt yeah. ended up resolving. So he, he drew like... On his own turn? Yeah, he drew five cards, gained five life. Went up to seven. Right, takes the bolt. Down and to then three. Down three. Uh, went down to... No, I'm sorry. He was lower than that, even. He okay. he was at two. Went up to five. So he gained the life that he... Goes so down he ended up going back down to two. Sure. And then he was thinking, all right, the guy's not going to have anything. Okay. And then the guy just played the one of Chandra and then just chandra him. But you could he could have killed him so many ways. He could have Stormbreath Dragon him, have another burn card if he's that low. Why would you not just dispel if you just, them? Yeah, if you just straight up dispel Well, there. he should be thinking about how many dispellable threats are left I think he, other threats. I think he was thinking, yeah. I don't want to use my dispel here. In case But what? in reality... But he's not playing right. to burn that. Yeah, it's, yeah that's I, probably just I, a mistake. I, that, that was the mistake. If, a he mistake just dis- yeah. if he dispels there, the guy plays Chandra, he can't counter it, but he still just gains two life. The thing uh, is, that one mana for Dispel 
is basically gaining three life instead yeah. of gaining one life. It's very one card. It's that's very what, wrong. That was the problem. other cards. Oh, that seems yeah. horrible to me. So like, he, he, he puts lost. himself into. You die so many ways right. on this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So the guy would have played Chandra. Dropped him down to two again because he would only gain two life. And but then, then he just activates Colonnade, kills the Chandra, and that's it. And yeah, yeah. So like, I, you know, the Scred Red deck had a good run, but I'm not going to say that's suddenly a modern. I mean, I'm just telling you, I think I played Boros Reckoner. I got. I'll tell you, as a burn player, I don't want to see Boros Reckoner on the other side of the table. That's atrocious for me. I'll tell you, as an Infect player, don't I they did. just ignore it? You want you what? Don't they just ignore? Why don't you, you, can't you just ignore Boros? It? You have to yeah. get rid of it somehow. Why? You just burn their face. Why would you care? They might race me. How are they gonna? Ra- you they go- scred, scred in oh, their deck. Oh, stop with the scred! They, <laughs> I love how you think it, you. They have like thirty lands oh, in play. I'm like you, sorry. every time you talk about scred reckoner, you always make it seem like they have thirty to twenty lands right. in play. What if they have two boros reckoners and uh, cast blasphemous act? I'm probably dead. It's twenty six. They sure. would. Yeah. They would still need what eleven mana to do that. Awesome. Well, I don't know. <laughs> in Mike's world. I don't know, man. I like what you're thinking of losing. That was flooded. <laughs> He's thinking of I like this deck. The Blasphemous Act Boris Record. Let's go back to like 2012 standard or whatever it was. That was fun. With the Pyre Harvest. The Aristocrats? Yeah. yeah. Pyre Harvest. Is that what it's called? The Flash Red Spell? Yeah. That was Jerry T's that was only thought that it was that Pyre Harvest deck. I don't understand why you don't play the Infinite Life Loop if you're going to play that colors combination. Mm-hmm. You have Boris Reckoner in your deck. I think he did. He had his Zorgas. Oh, he didn't have Boros Charm. Yeah. It's hard to pull off, right? Not really. No, well, I mean, you basically need to cast Boros Charm and Zorgas Charm in the same turn and block a creature with Boros Reckoner. Or there's a lot of so things. It is, set it up it is hard. It's a setup. That's <laughs> it's a fair. Set. Yeah. Was that good? I mean, but you could just do something. Like, say they tap out, right? You could just, like, ping my own guy somehow with, like, you maybe you have, like, an Is It Satacaster or, like, a Burn Spell or whatever, and you just do it all to yourself. Yeah. So, Mike, what do you want your listeners to know about Phil Napoli and Osip Levadovich that they don't already know? Okay, so you guys like victory laps from Grand Prix. That was awesome. But you didn't play interesting decks. <laughs> Why did you only play two Blossoming Defense? It's like the best think, card. I think it's the right number. I do. I think it's, it's a colored spell, I think, and it's a, you know... I, a, I think it's good. I just think, like... When you start... When you just say, oh, I used to play Apostles', Apostles Blessing, I'm just going to replace it with Blossoming Defense... The colorless mana of Apostle Blessing is not insignificant. Because, yep. like, you you have Ink Moth decks in your deck. So there are a lot of games where you just don't have enough colored mana. And you want you to play it when you draw it. That's the other thing, too. It's in your deck, and you need to play it a lot of times. So you need spells you can cast off the two. Here's another question. Yes. Our setup of Dredge, Boros, Burn, or whatever. I'm and, at the Grand Prix again. And Infect doesn't have a Blood Moon deck. Is Blood Moon awesome against your Infect deck? I don't think Blood Moon's good in this format. Um, yeah, Just won the Grand Prix, like six good. days He ago. had three in his main deck. I wouldn't say it won the Grand Prix. He had three copies of Blood If Blood Moon was so good, don't you think he'd play four? It's clearly not that good. I didn't really... It's not great against Dredge, right? It's okay. Did he play Chalice? For them to cat- I think he played... He had four, four Relic Regenesis. I don't think he had Chalice. And Cyborg Graph Digger's Cage. Yeah, he definitely didn't have Chalice because he has four Lightning Bolt and four Scrims. And he has... And he has and, so, uh, BBD said that the matchup was like incredibly difficult for Dredge. He has four main deck... Relics. Uh, relics. And he has Anger of the Gods, which RFGs. Yeah, yeah that's creatures. Relics the, the best card against them. I and think. then he has... When Besides he's Cyborg Graph Digger. Yeah. Uh, but it's just so many things. Yeah. Right? But, it's too it's too much variance because like like you said okay maybe I can play around relics somehow 
but he still has anger. Like you just, yeah. A, a, unless you have a collective brutality, like there's just too many. It attacks the deck from too many. Yeah, angles. yeah I mean, but you, and then you, even Blood Moon can randomly shut off some of your outs. But what's your plan now to try to try to conflagrate them? Because you don't have a lot of a lot of ways to win. Yeah, it's a bad matchup. Yeah. You're basically out. Of I mean, he game. built his deck to be very specific decks, and he got all the matchups he needed to. I mean, I thought it was a very smart build. So I'm just thinking. I don't think people in the PPT, I'm sorry, RPTQ will play control decks in modern. So I, don't I feel either. like having a board control. Deck I didn't with, think. Yeah, I with mean, blood people, and anti Corey was making fun of Corey Burkhardt's but deck. But he plays it, it was like. But he plays it really well. Yeah, he talked to and he got like, the matchups he needed. He's like, it's know? my deck. I know how to play it inside. He, out. I don't even think That's he had it. counter spells aside from two counter spells. He had two counter spells. It was he very had four, four, four. Count them four. Cryptic commands. Cryptic commands. That's really? Cool. Oh. Which I was hoping was... That was in, shocking. I did not realize In his that. hand when I had my spell pierce, and then after I used it, I got tapped yeah. out for three turns in a row. Because, like... <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> like, I got real excited. He snapped Colagon command. I cycled a twisted image into his spell pierce, and I was like, I'm going to win. And then it was cryptic, tap your team, attack, cryptic, tap your team, attack. This whole, like, I'm going right, to win man. thing seems to be your, your downfall. Yeah, it's Philly. usually where it goes wrong. <laughs> Is where you feel like you're going to win, but you're not actually so, winning. Uh, <clears throat> what what well, you were saying before? You think that Infecta can ignore Boros Reckoner? Oh, I don't know. I haven't no, really I think thought Burn about can it that much. I think Burn can ignore it. Well, what, what does Boros Reckoner say? It's like the damage. What, yeah, so it's Boros, Boros, Boros for a 3 3. He has the ability. He's got horns. Yeah. yeah, gain first strike, right? Okay, that's. Yeah. And he has a triggered ability whenever he takes damage. Mm-hmm. He does that much. Damage. I don't think that card's yeah. good against. It seems people. ignorable. Because like if yeah. you're if if you're a red deck and you're on the draw against burn, you can't tap out. You can't that's, tap three mana. That's the point. If you tap on three, you it's just like, can't. It, it's over. Because they'll just kill you. Yeah. Wait. Hold on. Against infect. If yes. they if they have a nexus or or a invisible guy in play, you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not advocating. Even if they have a glistener elf, you probably can't tap out. Block here, right? They have two distortion strikes. And they also have Apostles' Blessing. Okay. So it's like you need your burn is your only chance against them. My so I don't think is to try to kill their dude on my turn so that they either yeah, yeah, yeah. either they have to use their pump spell, which That's, means I don't take the damage. You always have they, to, you always have to take the poison and try to kill it at the end of the Take the poison. Yeah, that's, that's how I play. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But that, that's the the problem is with Boros Reckoner, you can't actually tap out. But don't go away, they're not gonna be able to hear you. We're trying to stay away from the cookies, they're getting tempting. Flores, you, you literally said to bring cookies. I said oh, to bring cookies. No, no, no. You said to bring a black and white cookie, which I didn't do. From Carlos Baker. <laughs> <For> Carlos. <laughs> okay. I took an infinite long Uber, apparently. This Carlos is Bakery is so bad. I hate how long the lines are. Well, it's right around the corner from my office. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. That's the bakery from Cake Boss. Cake Boss. Cake Boss. He's making my wedding cake, the Cake Boss. Listeners is he really? From, yeah. From it's going to be classy. It's going to be so classy. The classiest How did cake. you not get Dominic Ansel to make your wedding cake? I'm going to Who's Dominic that? Ansel. He's the guy who made the Corona. I'm going to a secret <laughs> Dominic guy? Ansel event on Friday, actually, after the Nickelodeon Halo Awards. What is a Halo Award? Please, Please embarrass yourself. It's the, the well, uh, Zed is playing. What? Going. Yeah. Oh, and Haley Steinfeld. <gasps> what? And Elisa, she loves herself. Some artist that you saw, Nicole said that you saw her. Alicia Cara. Yeah, she's playing too. Yeah, why? That's are why you, we're going. Why are you it's, going it, and I'm not going? Because Nicole is my fiance. Me <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Dominic Ansel is amazing. He's like the best baker in the world. Yeah, basically. I ate a, I ate his what's it called, the DKA, DKA once, and yeah. I had a 
I don't know. An, I mean, it's an observable experience. LeBain Bakery, Bain Bakery yeah. clearly it makes the best yeah. desserts on the planet. Is that true? But I'm going to get those. Those cookies are. Yeah. Is that the one on like 72nd Street? Yeah. Yeah, yeah where you go yeah. like underground. That, ever, that has been super crowded ever since Taylor Swift tweeted about it. Just like me and my squad. I mean, basically, rude. Love these cookies. I've been there. You guys yeah, want she's, she's never eaten a cookie. You though. guys want Whatever. some cookies? I think she's probably eating some cookies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go out on a I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think Taylor Swift had, had ate a cookie at some point in her life. Not since 17, though. <laughs> <laughs> but she, like, breathes in the essence. I hope her next album has a song just about cookies and how good they are. Speaking of other things that both of us have done, the Sia concert was awesome. I saw it in New York and also yeah, do saw you like it Sia? in LA. I think Cheap Thrills is probably my favorite song. Yeah, She's so, awesome. It was great live. Everyone went nuts for that song. She's yeah. awesome. That Her concert was like one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. Like the format of it. Like every yeah. song was They act out the music video, video on, stage. on the stage. Do you guys know who Tim Minchin is? I don't. No, who's that? Who is Tim Minchin? Look, look him up on, on Netflix. He's a, com- he's a comic. Do you guys ever watch the show... Um, Californication. Yes, yeah. of course. All right, so you know the crazy narcissistic piano playing guy in the second to last season? That's Tim mentioned playing himself. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's him, okay? Oh, really? And he, him playing himself, but he, the, he, people care about him now more. He's a comic hmm. and a writer, but he wrote the musical Matilda, which is oh. one of the most oh. life-changing things ever from my perspective. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I kept him when I saw him last week. He, but he, he plays piano. His jokes are all set to him. Singing like, piano songs. Like oh, Dimitri really? Martin, remember that? Dimitri yeah. Martin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to do the harmonica and the foot whatever the thing at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, he, like, doesn't wear shoes or anything. Oh, that's strange. not, yeah. Mm. He's, like, I do, like, he's, like, one of these, like, strange, twisted geniuses. Oh, you just fine. have to accept what they do. You do. Yeah. Kind of like Donald Mike Flores. He says, play 61 lands. That can't be right. <laughs> you just do it. <laughs> I always thought, people always ask me, like, what's it like play dancing with Mike Flores I'm like Flores people always ask you that well <laughs> no same but for the purpose me. of this yeah. conversation yeah. yes so <laughs> Flores I'm like Flores he's is an genius. idea man he has a lot of really yeah. great ideas but if you don't wrangle him in he's you're a, gonna get in trouble yeah. you're gonna end up playing a deck that you have no idea how you got there yeah. that, that doesn't make any sense that's oh. like I, I feel like there's a lot of people like that where it's like you, you you trust them, and then all of a sudden you trust them too much, and you realize I probably should have spoke up sooner. And before you know it, you have brute star on the sideboard of your affinity deck. Put <laughs> <laughs> the brute star side. Mike Turian against all Mike the hate. Tur- where you won't have artifacts, so, wait, you can't cast hate, brute star. You won't have artifacts. Yeah. So, exactly. So, so Tur- Turian, Tur- Mike Turian, for those of you who don't know, is a Hall of Fame Magic player, probably. The greatest limited player, player ever and the greatest limited if, player if, ever. if not the best limited player of all time, in the top three, at, definitely. Like, and amazing. And the best beatdown player. Just and the best beatdown yeah. player. But he was also part of CMU uh, Target, like this team that was... It was you know, two different teams that... It was two teams that merged, that we made a super team. We made like a really fat baby. Um, and, and so like he, he used to build a lot of our decks. And really? sometimes they were great. And That's yeah, people never knew that. Spark Tech, Cuneo. That was Cuneo. That, 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 that was why our team was good, is because we had That's Cuneo true. on it, basically. And Cuneo is like probably the, one of the top five best deck builds of all time. But Cuneo and Turian actually built a lot of our decks. People don't know that because they only think of Turian as a limited expert. Yeah. What? So, like, Turian built us an affinity deck for Pro Tour Kobe. And it was a pretty standard deck, except in the sideboard, we, his plan against 
artifact removal was to board in one island and two brood stars. <laughs> Just in case. And for some reason, all of us thought He's collectively, okay, that makes sense. And we all sleeved up to save 75. And of, like, I think 10 of us played the deck. Ben Stark actually did top 8 with the deck somehow. In which fairness. shows you how good he is. Yeah. But not because of Broodstar. Like, I remember one time I'm playing against Marco Bloom. And I have no lands in play because he either detonated them or oxidized all of them away. And it's like turn 6. I draw my card and it's a Broodstar. And I swear <laughs> to God I thought it blinked at me. Like, I thought it winked. And I went, I had no land to play whatsoever. Broodstar cost a million mana, for those of you who have never looked at the card. Mana, it yeah. cost a million mana. And then it's like, it's like it's two blue and six colorless, and it has affinity. So if you have an artifact, it costs one less. Unfortunately, I had no but artifacts in play. double color, right? You it's two have, blue. You didn't have like chromatic stuff. Well, we boarded in one, that's why we boarded in one more island. That was, was Turian's deck. And the best it. thing was, at the end of day one, almost none of us make day two. John Sonny, who was on the team, was walking across a bridge, and we're in Japan, and he took the Brute Stars, ripped them up, and threw them off the bridge. And then he just stood there looking at them falling <laughs> down to the water. And, and we laughed and kept walking, but John just kept standing there. He was so traumatized that, by those Brute Stars. And that was the last time John ever spoke. That was the last time we've <laughs> ever seen him since. We have not seen John Sonny since that moment. Yeah. My, my, my favorite CMU target deck... deck uh, a uh, story ever is from Pro Tour Columbus. Oh yeah, oh, so no. you guys, you should have played Affinity. This yeah, time. I you, you played say it a million times. Right? So I'm talking to Patrick Sullivan, and he starts he starts this story, and he's just like, "Well, I chose to play he, not Grixis, whatever the Chromat. Cro, cro, uh, what it would have been? Dromar? Dromar? No, not Dromar. Dromar's Crosis. Crosis. Crosis the Purger. Yeah, right. So, and then he just starts listing things. And I'm just like looking at him sideways, and I'm like, literally every card in your deck, from Chrome Mox to Isochron Scepter, is card disadvantage. Yeah. Right. And you thought this was a good idea, and he just looked out and shook his head, and immediately won a PTQ with Mono Red. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was that was my fault, by the way. I built that deck. Every card it, in that it, deck was you, card disadvantage. To, to, to this day. Patrick calls it card disadvantage psychotog. <laughs> it was. It had Isochron Scepter. It was the only Psychodoc deck ever built that had no cards in its hand by like turn three. Like That's where you, you want to be though. You had, like we would play against, yeah. we would play against uh, black green decks and have less cards in our hand. Yeah, we had Factor Fiction in our deck. In like your our, sideboard, right? For some reason, you only had one Factor Fiction in your sideboard to get the with cutting the Cutting Wish. Yeah. You so, didn't even uh, have the other so three, right? For, okay, but first of all, this was the period of my Pro Tour career where I basically just went to drink. So I, <laughs> I, I basically convinced everyone on my team that cranial extraction was a mistake and that they shouldn't have printed that card and that we were going to win the Pro Tour because of it. Clearly, I was wrong because they have made multiple variations of cranial that extraction are, throughout time and none of them have been playable. Are they kidding? are all almost They all, all win the Pro Tour. What are you talking about? Are they, you kidding? They're like sideboard cards, tops. I play four copies when of my main deck. When you say sideboard cards tops, you mean like you bring them in and the matches are relevant and they win the world championship, right? That's what you mean. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's not very far from unplayable. But you in the main deck. It's not good in the main deck yeah. of a Psychotog deck. Well, who the hell would play this in the main deck? It's a forecasting yes. cost card for that doesn't some reason, the board. For some reason I thought it was amazing. 
I was like, this is great. Do you know there were cards like Wadmongrel and Arcbound Ravager? I know, and we lost to all those cards. <laughs> okay. But, the, 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 no, but to, be honest, though, to be honest, though, I, I Affinity ended up winning that Pro Tour. I wanted really to play Affinity. A very poor Affinity deck. A very poor Affinity deck. We had a really good Affinity deck, and I was going to play it, but I kept losing to Energy Flux. Oh, yeah. And I realized, I'm like, you know what? I can't play this deck. There's going to be too much hate. And then the morning of the Pro Tour, I'm like, you know what? Maybe we just had a lot of affinity of hate because we were like inbred. I'm pretty sure people aren't going to play affinity and then they're going to skimp on their affinity hate because they think no one's going to play it, right. which is what we did. So maybe I should play affinity, but I just didn't change my mind. Right, so let me ask you a different question. Did you have one energy flux in your main deck so that you could Connie wish for a vampiric two? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was energy pure flux. disadvantage. Sorry, this sorry. Seems I'm not ridiculous. We had one energy flux in our main deck. To vamp for it. No, but you we had, had to use the cunning wish to get the No, vamp. I'm pretty sure we had three vampiric tutors. And then one on your side. And one on your It was, that's what I'm telling you. Every card disadvantage you could have in your deck was in that deck. That's pretty. We had Isochron Scepter, Chromox, and Vampiric Did, did anybody make day two? No. <laughs> no one in this I don't team. think so. You did have Fire Ice. Although, there, there, I, I will say, people forget this, but... There was one deck, in my opinion, there was still a deck at that Pro Tour that was, that was worse. worse than mine, and it was the deck played by Kai Bude, and he will deny it to this day, <laughs> but his deck at that Pro Tour, it was a very alive dragon It was a very alive dragon reanimation deck. the top. It was so, so for those of you who know, Kai Bude is probably the second best player of if all time, if not the best. He played this deck, the goal was to cast very alive. Get three dragons in the graveyard. Specific dragons. Specific dragons. Rorik's blade win. Yeah. Then Rorik's friend. It was like there's a card that's like Rorik's the Dark, resin or yeah. something. And then like Rorik's is like grandpa. It's like yeah. It's like almost like Rorik's is yeah. It was like, this weird deck where you basically you reanimated one dragon, but it get other dragons. And it would get happens. other dragons back. Yeah. But like every time, first of all, it took forever to go off if you didn't draw very light. I asked him. I'm like. Kai, what's the point of your deck? And he looks at me, shakes his head, and says, I think you get a three-turn clock. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I, I, I saw him go for it. He got his combo he off. He gets it, right? He got his combo off, and then he just did six. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that's the big shit. Then, and then he just died to like a spirit monger. I'm like, what is this deck that you're playing? He goes, he goes, buried alive, untap, exhumed. Attack for six. And then he's like, go. And then his opponent does a bunch of stuff. He's like, untap, attack for ten. And his opponent's still not dead. <laughs> and I'm like, how is this deck a thing? It's like turn six and nothing's happening. Dude, and you did your combo. He's the greatest. He is the greatest. <laughs> but he, I mean, you don't always get a good deck. Yeah, that was, that was the twilight. That was the twilight of his greatness. When he, came, when he came, immediately came back and almost won a Pro Tour. Uh, yeah. Amsterdam. Amsterdam, yeah. Mm. I would say he's the, the best. The best thing about Kai is if you ever call him the third or fourth best player of all time, he goes on such tilt. And I, I do it at least once a month. What? I try to tweet at him once a month, but like I won't. I, I don't tweet directly at him, but I know he reads my tweets. And then I'll just say something like. Oh, it's so great to watch Huey Jensen play, truly making a case for him being the second best player of all time. And then sure enough, Kai comes out of the woodwork and is like, please, stop. <laughs> all right, so who would you think are the 20 best players of all time? The 20 best players it's of all time. It's going to take a while. Okay, 
Finkel, Kai, obviously. Gabe Nassif. For my, my five are currently like Finkel, Kai, Nassif. LSV. LSV. And um, I have Bob and uh, Huey. Bob Maher. Yeah. I think Huey's up there. I honestly think Dirk, Dirk Barbarowski is one of the... I agree. I, he's in my top ten. He's really good. Um, TV's somewhere there. Camille. Who? PV. PV has to be in the top ten. because Camille, I think I would put in the top ten. Camille, yeah. I put in the top ten. Um, mm-hmm. Owen Turtenwald's in the top yeah. ten. For I, sure. I think, he deserves I it. think Owen's probably tenth, and he could move up. Yeah. Mm. I think Kenji and Masashi are either in the top ten or just out of it. Masashi? Masashi Oiso. Kenji for sure. I think Masashi's better than Kenji. No way. Yeah, I do. I'm serious. First of all, we're talking about... I think Kenji would say Masashi's better than Kenji. Who cares what Kenji says in this case? Kenji's the nicest... Humblest person, he it, Kenji. I, what what I, did you read of me and you? Wait, I'm sorry, Mike. You're a really good player. Are you, you're a master. Are we making a, are we making a list of the nicest players or the best? Players? No. What I'm saying is, last time I saw Kenji, the last two times I saw Kenji in real life, he came up to me, made like some sort of hand motion, bowed, and he said that I was his master. I'm telling you, his opinion on who's is, better than him yeah. is not uh, applicable. Okay, that's fair. Okay, he, I, that's he's fair. so nice. He's deferential to me. I'm not three tiers past. But him. like. Hold on, I want to clarify though. When I say that Masashi's better than Kenji, you're talking. You're, you're, you're peak talking. You're talking. Peak, I'm talking people. It's also like splitting hairs. It's like asking I'm saying who's it's better, Kai the or brightness of I think stars both, that you're staring I think at, they're right? both amazing players. I've watched both of them play though, and I'm telling you, Masashi doesn't get nearly enough credit for how good he is. Because at his peak, he was amazing, and he actually, I actually think he has better stats than Kenji too. Kenji's I think he has more to control the pace of play. The tempo of his opponent's game. I mean, unparalleled by Japanese players. That's the thing I'd say. But the, this is, it's just this a skill is, that they this don't is, have this in, in, this, in general. But this is one... I think Masashi had it, and I think the one thing that Masashi had over Kenji was a mental game. I think like, Kenji is the strongest not, mental game. Not as much as Masashi. I watch Masashi outplay Neil Reeves. And Neil Reeves is one of the most underrated Magic players of all time in terms of his ability to understand the game and outthink his opponent. Here's my right. only knock. Like he uh, and you, you don't never see, win like, the top eight match. And l- l- let me tell you something. Masashi and Kenji came up in a time where Japanese players just didn't have mental games. Like you, no, no matter how good the Japanese player was, you knew exactly what they drew every single turn because they wore it on their face. That's like that, true. that was there was a, there was a that doesn't happen now. But there was a period of time. People won't believe me, but there's a period no, no, of time no. where Japanese players just didn't have a poker their face. Their deck tech was good and their technical games were good. Yeah, exactly. So that's how they succeeded. They, they, they were just technically proficient. And great decks. Exactly, and great decks. But like, you would, like I always knew, oh, I'm going to lose now because he drew this. Or like, I know what his plan is. Like, we always knew what they were going to do. I showed a top 20. <clears throat> uh, now? I guess now, yeah, he has to be. Right? Monster now. How, how about Fujita at his height? I love Fujita. Joshi mm. Fujita? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, he, he was he was really. He's really case good. for best be, best beatdown player in the world, certainly. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that list. That, how do you come up with a list of best beatdown players? You can do that. Yeah. Number one, Mike Turian. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Siochi Vegeta. So nobody liked the Volshock Berserker more Isn't than Mike Paul? Turian. Paul's really good. With you think Paul? Oh, yeah, Reitzel's pretty good with beatdown. Yeah. yeah, I do. You have him over Turian? No, no. I think Turian's the best, but. Um, yeah, I mean... Paul's really good. Yeah, Paul's really good, yeah. I don't think he's better than Turian. He also doesn't play Magic, right? I mean, Fujita at that... 
Fujita in his height, you know. How can Paul Love? He's at every Grand Prix. We're aware, aware Mike. Right, he's qualified for no, every yeah. mocks, too. No, 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 yeah. He's qualified for every mocks, yet he never plays. Like, I literally have never heard anyone say they play less magic than Paul Reitzel, yet qualify for every mocks. Like, and you don't just your qualified person. He's a platinum level pro who plays in every Grand Prix. I, yeah, I feel like it's such nonsense because I like I love Paul, but please stop saying you don't play a lot of Magic. You play a ton of Magic. Like we don't. Well, play I don't a lot play a lot of Magic. Lot of magic. Yeah, I yeah. play less than ten. It's hours insulting a week. to people who actually don't play a lot of Magic because it's like I, I, every time he says it, I feel like he's trying to be like, oh God. I wish I could play more, but I just can't. And yet I keep putting up these great results. I don't know how I do it. It's like, we get it. You're good. You're in the Hall of Fame. You don't have to prove to anyone yeah, that you're he, really good. You've got like, natural talent. Like, Everyone Owen's knows a that. professional magic player, but he's just a talented enthusiast. Yeah. It's like, it's like Owen, a top made a pro throw, and Reichsel will be like, man, I wish I could really dedicate myself to the game as much as Owen does <laughs> just to see how good I could really be. It's like, we get it. You have natural skill. You're on the Hall of Fame. Clearly, you're really good. He's good. He is very good. He has a lot of natural talent. Who, Especially your, for someone who can't play that much magic. Who's your favorite player you ever watched play? Ooh. My favorite. Wow. You go first. Um, wow. That I, I mean, I can remember the first time I ever saw John play when I was a kid at Grand Prix yeah. New York. Were you, like, dazzled by his ability? Yeah. John, just I, watching him. The, yeah. first, yeah. the first time I, I had... Was, it, it's probably John just because the yeah. first time I actually watched John play a game in person was at Pro Tour New Orleans when he rope with the Kai Bude, with the, the guy who I thought was legitimately the best player because yeah. he had just he won was, like seven yeah. Pro Tours. And but didn't Kai he, beat John at that Pro Tour? He did. And, well, Kai actually won that yeah. Pro Tour too. <laughs> but, Scott, but Finkel still, like Finkel always seemed to me like the guy, if you looked at Finkel, his dad was really poor in I, that era and he was still putting up. Yeah, I compared them to like, if you compare them to like Paul and John where it's like, Paul and John Ringo, Paul and uh, Paul uh, McCartney and John Lennon. It's like one guy was just like naturally just a gifted lyricist and, and just had this great talent. And the other guy was just like really like worked really hard and just really understood things. Like Kai always just seemed like a machine, and Finkel just seemed like this natural god. Like if you built a magic player in a machine in in a, in a laboratory who just understood the my, game and understood everything. My favorite John story is actually from that era. So that was coming off of the year that he had won the U.S. National Championship with Napster, right? Yeah. So he had my Japanese version on boards, right? So uh, then he used them again to win the World Championship with his Tinker Deck, right? And you're skittering his courageous. So I'm in, I'm, in his, I'm in his hotel room the night before, the night before U.S. Nationals the next year, right? right. Uh, and, and we're like discussing decks. And I'm like, oh, John, can you give me back my original? Which I didn't know they were going to be worth. Japanese original imports are worth a bazillion dollars. Nowadays, yeah. yeah. I, I have still not gotten them back, by the way. <laughs> so I'm in his room and I'm like, I'm like, John, what do you think you're going to play? He's like, oh, I don't know, man, I think fires. And I'm like, okay, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, can you give me my original imports back? You've like had them for a year, right? He's like, I don't have them. I think Dave Price has them. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, I have another set. Like, I don't really care that much, right? So then we're like going through, through Binder and he's just like, She's like, I think I'm gonna play Slay in my sideboard for what? Shiv and Worm, right? I'm like, hey, first of all, it's only good against Shiv and Worm. It's horrible if they draw either Blastoderm or, or Sapphire Burst. Yeah. It's like a bad card. Just don't play it. Like he's like, which I play Tangle, and I took like, all the reasons why you should play Tangle. I remember that, right? Yeah. Like, and he's just like, get out of my room. I'm like, why? Well, he's like, you're making too much sense, and I am not going to listen to this stupid thing. I'm gonna play Slay. 
And I'm like, John, I think it's bad. And he's just like, get out of my room. And I'm like, okay, you won the US National Championship last year when you listened to me, but whatever. So he's like, leave it through his binder. And I'm like, John, those are my, he's like, you see how those reports are Japanese? Like, <laughs> and he's just like, oh yeah. And he's just like, can I borrow them for tomorrow? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so smaller sample size on yeah. best player. I'll say the three players that I was most impressed by that I played against or like intimidated or rope-a-doped or outplayed. Yeah. I would say third is Camille. Um, I played him in limited at a pro tour and I have never felt more strung along until I played against Joel. Joel Larson. At the Team Grand Prix. That's because he was just so dreamy. Yeah, and he, well, that had a lot to do focus. with it. Um, but the number one would be Kenji, for sure. The oh, one, yeah. The yeah. one time I played, he rope-a-doped me so bad with pace of play. It was exactly what you, you just quoted. He has That's what he did to me. Skills other players don't have. Yeah. You have to study Kenji's yeah. game to see it. I agree. He's so very, very good. My favorite player I ever watched play is actually Brian Hacker. Oh, yeah? I've never watched him People play. don't know who he is, probably. Yeah. He's like the greatest beatdown player of the first era of professional yeah. magic. So good. I, his ability to constrict the number of turns required to finish a game of Magic was yeah. unprecedented in this era. There's probably other people who could play at that skill level now. Sure. Like, but the only person I've actually really seen, I'm like, oh, this person shaved turns off of off of his tournament mm -hmm. was John, right? Like, John can yeah. do it. I, I assume Kai can do it. I just never noticed it. I'm yeah. probably haven't sure. seen enough Kai matches. But, like, Hacker would, like, shave turns off of his tournament, right? Like, the turns that other people will be playing, and you're just yeah. like... Like how did he do? Like how does he, how did he utilize his cards in a way that made his opponent's cards not necessarily go to the graveyard, but just get out of the way so he yeah. can get in for his four four. So you were on the pro tour for a long time. Who are the most intimidating people or best players you've played against? Um, oof. You better say he. That's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> Neil Reeves was very very intimidating. Cause That's because he had a toothpick in his mouth. In well, all fairness. The, the, my second Pro Tour, I played against Neil, and he wasn't really a known person. He wasn't like a Pro Tour player, um, but I'm playing against him. But he played in five consecutive Pro Tours and done a lot of top 16s at this point, right? No, I don't think so. I don't think oh, he was I, new? I, I never heard of him. I just sitting down across from this guy, and he's got this southern drawl, and he played it up. And the toothpick. He was like, hey, yeah. nice to meet you. And he had this toothpick, and I'm just like, ugh. Typical, typical Northeast liberal elite me, I was like, this is going to be a pushover. Some Southern hick comes in. He's not going to be able to outplay me. I'm your huckleberry. He outplayed me <laughs> so bad. It was just, a, it was embarrassing. I, I, I lost Neil before. I, I lost focus. He was I think just, I won. He's, he, he, was, he played really well. He ended up top eight in that there. Uh -huh. And then I remember talking to someone else and I was like, man, that guy was so good. He goes, oh, yeah, that's Neil Reeves. He's great. So that, that was the first time where I felt... I mean, it was only my second Pro Tour, but I didn't feel intimidated. It, 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 that was the first time I, I legit looked back and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, he, he now that I think me. about it, I lost to Neil twice, both in matches in hindsight. I think if I played correctly, I should have. Like, strategic, not even like individual plays were bad. Like, my strategy, yeah. I knew my strategy going in. You're lying. And I just gave up at yeah. some point before winning. And I'm actually, did he disrupt me on this? Like, he I might trade probably. It's like, yeah. Like, these are things I know I should do. Yeah. I mean, I, like, played, I, I played against him years later in another Pro Tour where he's just, I, I ended up beating him because it was a good matchup for me. But after the match, he's like, yeah, I saw, I saw every single card you drew. Just because, like, he, just the way I was drawing. And I'm like, oh. And, he, and I learned not to do that anymore. But, like, he's just, his awareness of everything and, like, he's, his, his ability to perceive 
like what you were doing and like facial express like he's just really intimidating um he never played good decks <laughs> which is what hurt him in limited and constructed um and what kept him from being really a truly great player but um yeah that, that was the first that, time i can remember being intimidated that's an interesting point about the importance of good decks like when you were coming like when i first started playing right there was no internet the way that it is now we no, had like there's a dojo for the dojo yeah. which yeah. is you know there was very little real-time coverage right when i came up as a pro tour player and then but now we have this interesting thing which is a combination of moto super teams and like a you could constant inundation of magic yeah yeah magic yes. it's like every weekend there's there's decks you can watch but i think like for the pro tour i don't know if that matters that much uh, i don't know it tends not to it's usually like a star city tournament being played two weeks before they play usually the most obvious deck however this past time um the most obvious CBM, deck that they played ended up being yeah, really good yes yeah, normally on it yeah. it's funny how like you have the same schedule every time where yeah. the pro tour is coming up the weekend before the pro tour there's always an scg open that's the same format as the pro tour yeah. it'll be a new format so you, it's your first chance to see the new decks more historically i would say that the open almost never dictated what the pro tour was going to be like there's always some new deck or there's some new environment i remember for dublin before the pro tour um was that esper and mono red beatdown were the two most pop played decks at the open and then, and then when you get to the Pro Tour, it was Mono Blue Devotion, Mono Black Devotion. Green you know, White. And, and green White just got destroyed we, by we Mono We played Green White, yeah. So they it was a completely messed, different yeah. metagame. Yeah. That happened consistently pretty much for years until this last Pro Tour where like Van Meter won with Green Red White Dwarves. And, that was, and that was a legit good deck. And Super Teams actually ended up playing that deck. Reed did do, did relatively well with it. Yeah. Um, and now I think it's still... Did you guys have four City of Brass in your Green White deck for Dublin? You know. Yeah. No? I think I had one. Because that's actually the thing that, that makes or breaks that deck, right? Yeah, I think, Four City of Brass. Yeah, I think I had what one. What was that other card that you played in your green-white deck? It's like a City of Brass, but it's not. Well, that's whatever it's called. Yeah, that's what you're Man, talking Man about. Mana Confluence. Yeah, yeah. Mana Confluence, Man yeah. Confluence yeah. right. That was I, the, that's uh, actually the defining thing. That was the Chapin card in his yeah. uh, Absent yeah. deck. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. I think like your spell selection is much less important than just having four copies of that card, given the... Because it lets you open up on green or white beatdown creature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the only way you can yeah. do it, right? Yeah. And so, I think seeing that vision, because it's such a non-intuitive card to play in a yeah. two-color strategy. I mean... We our, our record with that deck was fine. It was just that well, you couldn't be devotion. Blue. You problem, couldn't be yeah. devotion. Yeah, and and we gave up on that deck because we didn't think it could beat Esper, and we thought Esper would be way more played because of the open. So uh, we ended up just screwing ourselves. Uh, but the, the reason I asked is like when I played, say I played in two pro tours last year. One of them we played mono red, which I guess is an intuitive deck. But I feel like our deck was perfect. Like which just which, a, which, perfect. What format was it? Uh, standard in Vancouver last year. Okay. Uh, it was just like. Four of everything, twenty mountains. Okay. Because um, I thought that Abbot of Carol Keep was the best card in the new set. But we played Abbot of Carol Keep and X with Firecraft. It didn't really pan out. Both awesome. Yeah, I, they were awesome. I, I thought, I thought Abbot was really good too, and it never yeah. ended up really being a huge play. It was wasn't it really good in that red green deck that like pumped to kill you? I, yeah, I mean it, it, it was in what format. Standard. It, it was in that same format. There I mean, a red the, green, I, no. the, the deck, that format that you're talking about, there was also a red green landfall deck, right? That's like, what I'm. No, no, the next one was a red uh, green. Landfall. And we played. I played that one in the next. Okay. Which was that wasn't an on the radar deck. Our, I thought our deck was very good. Probably wasn't the best. Like I think Arlax's team might have had a better <laughs> one, but I think they didn't have McKinney Slide Runner. So we had McKinney's, which is really weird to not have in your sure. red green landfall deck. So we had Snapping Gnarled, McKinney Slide Runner. 
what's the one casting cost one? Side Leopard. Side Leopard, Abbot of Carol Keep, and then like Double Strike Card, Become a Miss. Become a Miss, right. Uh, Atarkas Command. It must have had like three other cards, about 20 lands maybe. Maybe a 24 lands, I'm not sure. I think play 24 lands. But then, yeah, because I guess it's a landfall deck. Yeah. Except for like Alan Comer played like 17 lands. <laughs> this like, is Alan Comer. Yeah. The, the thing is, our Laxis team, I think, their sideboard was so much better than our sideboard. It's like really flexible sideboard that had cards like Sarkin and they could like do a bunch of different things in case the opponent cast a card that would stop your, I can only attack on one Axis deck. <laughs> What are those your notes, Phil? You write down everything. Yeah, that's how we test. I was looking at yeah, I was looking at all the funny things that happen when you what, get lucky what, enough to win a Grand Prix. What matches? Uh, you mean by top There's, eight of the Grand Prix? Yeah, well, <laughs> that is correct. I did not. Well, who, it who, felt did like you, winning. who did you play that was a notable player in this Grand Prix? Uh, I played Siggy for a top eight, which was pretty fun. Um, fun yeah. playing one I mean, of the best players in the world I mean, for well i knew that the if honor I, of being on the pro court. i knew that if i beat him i probably i think deserved that, that, it. that is cool i yeah, would have like the poop emoji felt, in my pants i, I, I felt well when we uh were going into the last round we were hanging out and he's like yeah i really hope i don't play you because you know yeah there's no way i could scoop you in even though i want to try the pro tour and i was like yeah that would suck if we played and then of course it was him and game one was super close what was he playing uh dead shadow i'm pretty sure that's like the second Second best deck, probably. It's a horrible matchup for you, right? Because yes, you, it's like it's the mirror okay. match, but his life total is yeah. much better than yours. Yeah, I mean, the first game I had a really tough play. I don't know if it was right, uh, where I had to. I thought it was right to throw vines away on his end step to increase my outs. It was probably wrong. But then game two and three, I played awesome. Like people were watching me play, they couldn't believe I let my. Uh, what's the infect land? Die yeah, against a certain removal spell, and I knew I could kill him with the noble hierarchs like two turns ahead, and that's how it worked out. I was in the zone after I lost the first game against him. I mean, it seems a really hard match. It was, yeah. I mean, every turn it was funny too because you could Rapolo, just die. Yeah, Rapolo was texting me. We were both watching, and he was like, "After you lost the first game." He was like, man, this sucks. And I'm like, yo, Phil tested the matchup like seven games I lost before, seven the Grand Prix before the Grand Prix. Prix. And he lost all yeah. seven. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was not feeling optimistic. So when I when I first heard, um, I got sick of playing, in fact, maybe like a month ago. Me and Osip started talking about playing Death Shadow. So I proxied the deck. And I would draw hands with it and be like... I was like, that doesn't seem so good. It's like I always play like a Monastery Swift Spear. Then I play my Bauble. Well, there's like two or three different builds. Well, hold on. But... And I learned this a long time ago watching Zvi play Magic, but, you know, sometimes the order that you play the cards or the purpose is what's important. So we're at the Grand Prix messing around, and it's Sam Black with Anande who's playing yeah. the deck, and they hand me the deck, and they're like, play it. And I, okay, I, I like draw a hand, and I do something like, wrong, wrong, wrong. And they showed me how to use Mishra's Bauble, right? And my mind was literally blown. Like, I thought everything about that deck was... Play, play a Monastery Swift Spear and future. then like play a bunch of stuff to hit them for four and they're like no the whole thing is controlling your draw step with Mishra's Bauble and I was like holy crap like when I saw Wait, him do on. it Anande taught you that or no, Sam taught Sam, you that? Okay. Sam explained it to Anande <laughs> and then I was holding the deck and I'm like holy crap it's like he's like yeah it's a combo deck I was like oh it was a, I was, and then yeah. it made perfect it's, it's, it's a combo deck that <laughs> plays 48 cards yeah. I was controls I was controls some guy, I don't remember what national team he's on, but like he was playing Death Shadow at a PBTQ. I, was, yeah. I actually won the next day, right? But I was, I was yeah. playing with him in between rounds, and the first he's like, Oh, look, 
I'm on some, I don't know, Uruguayan national team. I don't remember the national team. He's like, he's like, he's like oh, so I'll play with you. You know, you're good enough to play with yeah. me between games. I'm like, oh, sure, whatever. So he's playing Death Shadow. And I'm playing my, my burn deck, right? So I'm just destroying him over and over again. He's just like, this unwinnable match. He's like, supposed to win that I'm every like, time. I'm like, well, no, yeah. I, think I, I think I win. And I'm like, you don't know how to play your deck. Yeah. And he's just like, what yeah. are you talking about? I'm yeah. like, first of all, your land should never come into play untapped. Yeah. And, then, and he's just like, what are you talking about? I'm like, your objective is to make your life total low. My objective is to make, make your, your life, life total, total low. So that you do it for me. I have lightning helix. Yeah. So right? like, yeah. you know, and, and I'm like, you have to play like this. So positioning. Because he has, he has big, you have big creatures in that deck that can actually like, like give you problems. Like you have to, you, know, you can't try to race me. Like that's yeah. like, do you understand? I could just chump I mean, you can, you can, but you got to do it at the right time. Like um, you can't just like just randomly yeah. go down too low. Yeah. So and so when we anyway, long story short, we ended up playing in the last round of the Swiss. I won the brawl. I just beat him in game one, but he actually beat me in game two. He's like, oh my god! And then game three, he thoughts thought seizes me, and I showed him two different um, guides. No, no, I showed him <laughs> two different dis, uh, deflecting palms. Oh yeah, that's and he had a and he uh, had a death right. shadow in play. That's how. That and he's is. just like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, we are playing in a tournament, but I assume you take one of my deflecting palms. And he's like, I know. What do I do next? I'm like, oh, you can't win. <laughs> he's like, uh, you can't attack. You can't block. <laughs> Because you'll die if you do either of those things. And he's just like... Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got the fucking palmed out of a game at the Grand Prix. So yeah, like, it's you cannot... Great, not a great feeling. You cannot win. That's a, that's I'm, a like, I'm, like, I'm like, oh shit, I got him. And he's like, okay. Wait, Osip and I were talking about this. I don't know who can beat a deflecting palm. I don't think anyone Affinity? Can. If you have like it's two really in it's like the world. I think yeah. they play four, maybe. Good yeah. red. Actually, no, you could target their storm red. Scrat <laughs> red, red. I don't think it's great against Scrat red, but I would bring it against red. But I think that I have a huge matchup against Grixis. Just naturally against Scrat red. I almost feel like you should be playing four deflecting palm. It's I so think good. maybe. But I mean, um, I hate that every card. Because, like, too. Because so the, 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 the spell sky is a problem for you. So I feel like deflecting palm is a great yeah, way. Are you sure it's a problem? Yeah, it's a problem. It's right. not great. If you don't draw your. Your uh, destructive rivalry, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I think four palm might just make more sense. I also think the deck needs to get, even though it's two mana spells, I think the deck actually needs to get lower to the ground after board because, like, you, yeah, that's you, really you, that's problematic. The, that's, you you don't have enough one card mana cards that impact the board. Well, it depends what game for a deck like that. Like, I, right? one of the things that was frustrating me with Phil was I just had I clogged on two two mana we spells the horn. and I couldn't get the four Wait, mana. We talk about so I wasn't oh, casting okay, enough right. spells a turn. This is the Sam against Phil kind of thing, right? Number one, <laughs> wait, you were playing sideboard games or main deck games? We were playing we did both. both. Okay, so. We, we and again, about, I will say it was like 50 50. It actually wasn't you blow out. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I just I didn't, have, I didn't enjoy the deck. Let's just clarify that we are now describing actual playtesting that we uh, in, uh, took part in the day before the Grand Prix. Yeah. So I don't want to discredit everything that we said about us That's never true. playing yeah, Magic. We did play this games. was in a hotel room getting this ready to go sleep yeah, to is, play in the Grand Prix is, the next yeah, day. I, yeah, I just want to clarify. Yeah, we're not liars. This is the night before the Grand Prix in the hotel room on our beds. So the. The, the thing is, remember I told you, you have to have your burn cards that affect the board, right? Yeah. But you can't get, you can't make your curve too high because you should, you should very rarely be in a position where you can cast two, two casts and cost a thousand and again you'll... I agree. Yeah. That's the, and that's it's the, not, the thing. You know, again, I, I don't think there was, I'm sure I was making some mistakes, but again, I think it was 50-50. Fundamentally though, I just had issues with the way the deck was designed. Um, but I think it's fine. I think it's a solid deck. I just think that like... 
I don't know. I I think I'd be happy. I think game one affect every round. I think I don't know if you'd be happy if you if, if you're playing as a bad infect player. Maybe if you're playing as a good good infect player, like all right. So let me put it this way: if they're on the plate and they go land go, and you go land Swiss Spirit attack, yeah, and they go untap land Glistener Elf, yeah, things can get out of hand. I'm so, telling you. Like, it depends on my hand, but I'll probably try to kill the Glistener Elf on my turn. Okay. Right. They protect it. Okay, what if I have two burn cards? Exactly. It's turn two. You have two lightning bolts? Because that's what that's, you need. That's, what, that's, that's my point. About you don't have a ton of cheap interaction to, and to, to counter their, all, their cheap protection. Which like is eight cheap cards now. It's all, yeah, so maybe, maybe I'll, it depends on my hand, right? Like, I, I lost games when, he went, when I went turn one um, Grim Master. Yeah. Because it's pendulum. You just protect it with a pendulum. But I might just go, it depends on my hand. I might just go like... Uh, Eidolon of the Great Rebel don't attack, depending on what my hand is, right? And that's fine. Which is atrocious for him. Yes. Right? No. Okay. It makes it harder. Okay. Yeah. I go Pendlehaven attack. It has a situational answer it, it, for everything. What I'm saying is, I don't think, uh, it, I don't think, you should play the matchup against a really good Infect player. Just well, to I get a sense for it. discouraged. I, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. Because I don't think there's anyone that plays Infect perfectly, first of all. It's impossible. And second of all, <laughs> it's not a hugely popular deck. I mean, you'll play against it, but Modern is so diverse that it's like it's not actually, worth it's not worth worrying about one specific I'm actually matchup. I'm actually comfortable playing this matchup. I feel yeah. like the games that I lose are the ones where they draw multiple Kitchen Finks, and I'm like, why is even in your deck? We didn't have that yet. Yeah, like, but the, most good. of the games I feel like I lose. Like, I feel yeah. like if I just law, draw legitimate and I can just, like, play the game that I want to play, I think I'm favored. That's the other annoying thing about Infect is that there's so many ways to build your sideboard. I mean, the main deck's pretty stock, but the sideboard, you can go Kitchen Things, you can not play Kitchen Things, you but can play like Sylvan Scrying, like, there's just a lot of... Rando cards I don't care about, right? Like, Apostle's Blessing and Dismember and something... Twisted image, like those aren't. Like, the, you can the, draw those cards. Require mana to use them. The card I really wanted against you was just spell snare. Like that was the card that I was. Yeah. I was. I was. I was, I was afraid of burn to the point where I was like willing to just play spell snare on my sideboard because it yeah. solves Eidolon and yeah. and deflecting bomb. But it's just too narrow. You can't play it. Deflecting um, bomb is super gas though. Yeah, it's great. So at the Grand Prix, I think I played Affinity the most three times, the Mirror in fact twice, and. Tron twice, and even though people Tron, think, oh my, goodness. well, no, hold on, because you're about the fortieth person who I've heard say that. But when they I have play Tron every round, it's not, <laughs> it's not that easy when they when they board in warping whale and lightning bolts. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's not an auto win. Maybe it was before no, they printed. I'm not saying it's an auto win, but yeah. you have to. Phil, pick. Do you want this cookie? I'm gonna have half of it. Do you want no, this cookie or that cookies. cookie? Well, then this is one. Okay. So, but there's, um, everyone's got a good deck in modern, right? Also, if any, yeah. uh, having been through the tournament, I think the only card I would change in my sideboard, and I decided right at the end of the tournament, was I would just cut the Wild Defiance for it to spell. I want a fifth. Wild Defiance seems slow. Yeah, it, 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 I completely agree with what you just said. It looks like it does everything, but there's no time to play. You ever want like a grindy card advantage card? Nah, I mean, I think a dispel would have done I considered Kiora at one yeah. point or against so, Jun. Some kind of grindy card advantage card, there's right? Just, against people who have too much removal. You, the, yeah, you, can't, you can't, there is no perfect yeah. answer for that. Though. Carry like, on call, but not it's really. Like, there's just like, no good, there's like, you, you're, you're talking about a transformational sideboard, which you just can't do it. Yeah. yeah. I think that a dispel is there's really no, good. There's no one, like a planeswalker would be great. Yeah. Like a three mana planeswalker would be great, but it's like, like there's nothing that exists. Well, you that guys, kind of just doesn't do yeah, that. Nah. I, I think there's probably matchups in modern where they can't attack your Nissa. Yeah, that's fine. 
But the, the, that matchup, okay, so... Just stick to your guns. So, okay, imagine you're playing the mirror match, right? And I play, you're playing, you're in fact, and I play Nissa, and you have Glistener off, right? Yeah. I have pretty good Glistener Elf defense right now, and eventually but I'm just going to But the whole mirror is about But they can kill you in one yeah. shot. The they whole mirror is right. That's fair. So well, it's like, or even Glistener Elf, you go, you, if you tap out for Nissa, I'm just going to twist an image to token and then kill you. Yeah. You okay. know, that's a possibility. Like, you, you just can't afford to tap out. It's hard. Oh, so, so standard, would you play vehicles again? Right today? I'd right this I would definitely play it again, yeah. I would probably try black red zombies because it seemed very good. I would also I would mind those are the only two decks that I, I that I would want to play though. Yeah. I mean, not. I guess vehicles. if I if, if I test if I test it a lot, I I don't I'd rather just play red white vehicles than Marta vehicles. Though. Yeah, red, red white red just, white's better. I think red white just has like a lot the same powerful cards except you don't have the mana issues and I don't really know what you're gaining. Like I don't counter think spell a, counterspell a Marvel was pretty good. But Marvel oh, no. if I thought if I thought Marvel would be a bigger portion yeah. of the meta game, yeah, I agree. I would play it. I don't think it's as big like yeah. I think in a world where there is no Marvel, the red white deck is just more consistent in and solid. Where there is no Marvel. Not for nothing, but at F and M last week I played against Marvel twice. Here's the weird thing. What was the beginning of that sentence? Right. Okay. I mean, people play real decks, right? Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing that's weird. Both of them had Ishkana. Is that pe- people play that? Yeah. Is that the, different people at Ishkana? That's, that's, that's weird. Yeah, it's in their main deck. Right. That's weird. Well, they Where do you play Eponyms? Honestly. Oh, really? Oh, you don't go to um, Agent Games? I love that store. Wait, I'll play there every week if you guys want to hang out. It's an Friday. On Friday, it's limited, but I like to play Construction. I'm not doing anything tomorrow, actually. I'm going to Halo Awards, so... Oh, that's Wait, what, right. what night did they have constructed at Aether Game? I don't know. I think Wednesdays. That's usually when they have it. I would rather I think play. they have, like, IQs and stuff. I think I'd rather play Limited. Alright, I gotta add Alright, thanks, Osif. Bye, guys. Bye, Canada. Bye.